Well, last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the best father around, our heavenly father, as we looked at the story of the prodigal son. Well, today I want to talk about our dads down here on earth. You know, Father's Day can be a day of great joy. We celebrate with our dads and, and have them right there with us. Or it can be a day of great sadness. One, because we've lost our father. Maybe this is the first Father's Day you are celebrating without him in your life. I know that feeling. And that, that can bring great sadness of heart. Um, you might have a dad that you just don't want to celebrate with. He wasn't um, that good of a dad. Uh, it's good if you have a supportive father. It's, it's a wonderful experience, but never, not everyone has that. Last Sunday, Reggie stopped me here at the step and said, tell me about your life. And usually I, I just start in with my dad. It wasn't the best of, of life. And I realized very early in my teen years that I could not look to my dad as an example of fatherhood, as an example of a husband. And I had to look around somewhere else and praise the Lord, I, I had been saved and was going to church. And guess where I found my role model of a good father? In church. Just coming to church as a teenager, as a young man. And uh, I say that because guys here in the church, every one of you men are an example to someone. You're an example in your home, but you are an example right here in church. We might have some young men, young ladies who are coming to church without their family, without their parents, and their parents aren't good examples. We're the ones that they're gonna look to, and we need to do that. You never know this side of heaven who is watching your life. So what you say, how you act, may influence a preteen, a teenager, or a young man in this church who is looking for a good role model. But it is especially there in your home. You are the pattern for your children. That is what they're going to follow. There's a song I heard a number of years ago, and uh, it's uh, about a dad who was coming home from McDonald's with his son. He, his son's sitting there in the booster seat, got his happy meal in his lap, and, and the singer says that the light went straight from green to red, so he had to slam on the brakes, and there they are, chicken nuggets everywhere, orange drink in the lap of the boy. And the dad said a little something under his breath, and then he hears his son say a bad word. And he turns to him and says, son, where'd you learn to talk like that? And this is what the son says, I've been watching you, dad, ain't that great? You know? Um, so he, he learned that what he had said influenced his son. So when he got back to the home, he found a quiet place by, out by the barn to pray. And, and he said a, a quick little prayer, something to the effect, help me help my stupid self. Well, that night he's tucking his boy into bed and the little boy crawls out of the bed, gets down on his knees. He closes his little hands and closes his little eyes and he talks to God like he was talking to a friend. And the father said, now son, where'd you learn to pray like that? He said, I've been watching you, dad. Ain't that grand? You see, we have an influence, guys. And the influence can be bad or the influence could be great. 
At the end of the song, the little boy is saying, I don't have to worry about when I grow up because I'm going to be just like you, Dad. We have people watching our lives all the time. Uh, a month ago, I brought a message. It was uh, to the mothers. It said, what is a mother to do? And today I thought I'd do the same thing. What is a dad to do? So uh, with the moms, we looked at several moms who were good examples. Moses' mother protected him. Hannah, the mother of Samuel, prayed for her son. And Timothy's mother prepared the son. Well, just like there are great moms in the Bible, there are some great dads in the Bible that we're going to look at who we can find a good example to follow. That's the greatest thing a father can do for his family. Be a good example for them to follow. Just like in that song. I've chosen four fantastic fathers in the Bible who got the attention of heaven. And on one hand, what they did was spectacular. And on the other hand, what they did was just what is expected of every father. And that's the wonderful thing about being a parent. Even the common, ordinary, everyday things that we do can tremendously impact those who are watching our lives like this go to work five or more days a week and then come home every night come home sober every night is going to really influence your kids bringing the paycheck home and paying the bills and being responsible being faithful to your wife being a provider for your family Throwing a football, a baseball, a frisbee. <laughs> Sipping tea in a little plastic cup, you know, with the daughter. Even if you got to wear a tiara, it's okay, nobody will know. Being a dad is pushing a bicycle without training wheels down the road. Being a dad is saying no. Being a dad saying yes when it's appropriate. Those are things that are so simple anyone can do. But what makes them grand is that not everyone has a fortitude to actually do them. The men that we're going to consider are fathers that teach us what a dad is to do. The four examples that we have are Noah, Abraham, Job, and Joshua. And these four guys, their household names, their biblical names, we know them. They're very famous in the Bible. They are superheroes in the Bible. But yet each and every one of them did something that every dad today can easily duplicate. Let's start with Noah. Noah lived right in the sight of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to open them to Genesis chapter 6. I'm going to begin reading at verse 5. Genesis chapter 6, way back there in the beginning. And beginning at verse 5. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the earth, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heaven, 
for I am sorry that I have made them. And then look at verse 8. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Now these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. When the world was falling apart, one father went about his life in a way that brought favor in the eyes of God. Every thought, every deed of every man of that time was wicked. And God had decided he is going to wipe mankind from the face of the earth. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And it was because he was a righteous man. He was blameless among the people of that time. And he walked with God. He dared to be different than everybody else. The rest of the world was just following one after the other, kind of like what we see today. And it was this man who stood up and said, there is a better way. I'm not going to walk in the way of the world. I'm going to walk in the way of God. He didn't cower to the spiritual climate of his peers. And God saw a redeeming quality in man because of Noah. What a thought. To consider that one man living correctly, one man living right in a wicked world could get the attention of Almighty God. Now, when the Lord looked at the world, he saw a dismal picture. But when he saw Noah, he found a redeemable man. And it was in that very moment, as he considered Noah, that a plan came. He was going to redeem man. He was going to save man. He decided a way to save at least this one man because of what he did, because of how he lived, and he was going to save his entire family. Now, dads, men, it doesn't matter what the rest of the world is doing. It doesn't matter what the trends are. You know, you go to work and everybody's talking about some show on HBO, and you say, well, maybe I should watch that. Maybe you shouldn't. Just because everybody else is doesn't mean it's right for you and for your home. Live right, and you're going to secure the honor of your family. Your integrity may spare your family from the judgment of God because they're going to watch you, Dad. And they're going to see how you react, and they're going to learn from you. In fact, we see that in the Scripture. The way one man lived altered the course of world events. That's what we see in the life of Noah. Now let's go to Genesis chapter 18. We see Father Abraham. Father Abraham's superpower was that he would instruct his children. He would instruct his children. Uh, chapter 18, verse 19 says, for I, this is God speaking of Abraham, for I have chosen him, listen, that he may command, that means to instruct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord 
by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. The Lord chose this man to begin a new nation. This nation would would be a nation that would be set apart. And by him, he would begin this process of bringing into this world the word of God. He would, in this process of bringing about this new nation, bring about a savior to this world. It all started with one man. One man who was different, that God saw in him the ability to teach his children, to raise up that nation. God chose Abraham because he knew he would lead his children in the way that God wanted him to. He used Abraham as a founder of the nation of Israel. And through that, we have the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when Abraham chose to live by faith, he was carving a path that no one had ever seen, no one had ever done. God had him step out of his comfort zone to follow him. Well, where are we going? I'll tell you when we get there. You ever gone on a trip with the kids? You know, you're on the road about 12 minutes. Are we there yet? No. I don't know if Abraham ever said that to God. But that's what God said. He said, I want you to step out of your family, step out of your country. I want you to step away from all this. And Abraham obeyed him. And I know what a lot of people say. You know, Abraham had visions. Abraham had revelations. I I don't have any of those. No, but we have 66 books in in the word of God that, that tell us his supreme revelation Tell us everything that we need to know, what to do, where to go, how to get there. There's no need for the Lord to give us any new revelation. We just need to live by the ones he's already given us. Following God is a by faith experience, but it's also a practical experience. Abraham left everything that was familiar to him in order to inherit the promise that was given to him by God. Leave your country, leave your people, leave your father's household. Go to a land that I will show you. That's a by-faith moment. But haven't we all been called to a by-faith moment? We all walk by faith. We're not supposed to walk by sight. We don't trust the things that we can see. We trust in the God that we cannot see. We know that he walks with us and talks with us. How do we know that? By faith. I know it in my heart. We're on a journey to a land we've never seen. The practical part of getting up every morning and getting ready for the day, I don't know what's going to happen once I leave this house. I don't know what's going to happen once I get to work. I don't know what's going to happen in the middle of the day. But I know God holds all of my tomorrows, so it's up to him. Abraham, he got up, started walking. Where are we going? I'll show you when we get there. And that's the same for us. We just got to get up every morning. We got to do the things that we know the Lord wants us to do. And he'll tell us when we've arrived. And it begins by us teaching our children by our example how to follow the Lord by faith. My third dad, I love this man, Job. 
Job, his superpower was that he prayed for his children. Prayed for his children. In Job chapter 1, it says, There is a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, who feared God, who turned away from evil. There were born to him seven sons and three daughters. He possessed 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 female donkeys, and very many servants, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. His sons used to go and hold a feast in the house of each one on his day, and they would send and invite their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And when the day of the feast had run their course, listen to what happened. Job would send and consecrate them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my children have sinned and cursed God in their heart. Thus Job did continually. What got God's attention in the life of Job? He was a righteous man. The Bible says he hated evil. He was another one that did not go by the way of the world. He followed God. God wasn't impressed with his riches. God, God gave it to him. God was impressed because he was blameless and because he was a father who, who faithfully prayed for his children. And Job's faithfulness and his responsibility has always impressed me. He prayed for his children just in case one of them may have sinned. In other words, he didn't wait for a neighbor to come and say, you know what your kids did last night? He didn't wait for that. He got up early and he would pray for his children. He knew the weakness of human nature, so he prayed for them. He prayed for them whether they needed it or not. It was Job's burden and prayer that his kids would honor God. There's not a dad in the world who cannot adopt this habit of intercession for his children, for his family. Every one of us can pray. So every morning, wake up, get up a little bit early and pray for your family. Take them before the throne of God. Every night before you go to bed, call their name, each one, before God. All through the day, as they come to your mind, we can breathe a prayer on their behalf. Pray for them on special occasions. You know, the kids having a test. Man, pray for them. Let them know that you're praying for them. They're, they're going to a game or they're going to be in a game. Pray for them on a job. When they're going out on a date, like I had to tell you that, right? Especially dads with daughters. You don't have to... We have to pray for them. When they have their wedding, when they have their babies, oh no, pray for them on these special occasions. Listen, our children will never outgrow our prayers. They'll never outgrow our need, their need for our prayers. Job's children were all grown. They were on their own, but he never stopped the custom of praying for his children. We don't have to be superheroes to pray for our family, 
But if we do pray for them, they'll never know that we're not a superhero. My, my last daddy is Joshua. And Joshua, his superpower was that he chose the Lord for his family. In Joshua chapter 24, Joshua is ready to turn the reins of, of the leadership of the nation of Israel over to the third generation. And, and he's, he tells the nation this. He begins in verse 14. says, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. And this is what he said. But as far as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Here, here is this man on his way out. He's getting up in age, as they say, and he is trying to be an example to the people. He's giving them guidelines to how to make this a great nation. It's important that we let our children know who the Lord of our life is. And this doesn't have to be overt. I mean, you don't need to get a t-shirt that said Jesus is Lord, but that's okay too, you know, if you do. But it's by your actions that your children will know who or what is Lord of your life by where you spend your time, by what you talk about. That's how they'll know. They'll know by how you base your decisions. Do you base them on what Jesus would do or what somebody on YouTube tells you to do? Let them know. Let them know you've been reading your Bible. Encourage the family to read their Bibles as well. Let them know that you're praying for them. And dad, put a watch on screen time. I know the kids don't like to hear that, but oh, it's so important. Watch what comes into your family, into their mind. Be careful what's on TV, what's on the video games, what they're watching on social media. And don't send the children to church, bring them to church. And one of the best pieces of advice I can give you, speak well of the church. I've been pastoring over 40 years and I've heard so many people growing up and I, I'd visit with them and they go, I'm not going to church. You know, mom and dad would always just complain about everything. Oh, sister did that and brother did that. And speak well of the church, of the members. Speak well of the pastor. And if there's trouble in the church, take that to the throne of grace, not to the dinner table. Joshua was preparing the nation for his departure. He was getting on in age. He wanted everyone to know whose side he was on. This morning, about 6.10, I got a call from the Veterans Center. One of our residents passed away. I went up there and visiting with the daughter, and she says, tears are just coming down her eyes. I just don't know where my daddy is today. Isn't that heartbreaking? But beloved, I had the joy of telling her. That's one of the first things I talked about to all my residents. Where do you stand with Jesus? And he told me, he, he made a profession of faith in Jesus Christ. He goes, I know that Jesus is my savior. And I got to tell her that. You thought she was crying before. You should have seen her after that. The tears just coming down. 
She didn't know where her daddy was going to spend eternity because he never told her. Oh, dads, tell your family where you stand. Let them know who is the Lord of your life. Let them know who you serve. Don't wait for the pastor to give your eulogy and let the cat out of the bag that you were a Christian. When we leave this world, our greatest legacy is for our family to know which direction we left. The most important thing we can do in our death is to let those we love know where we're going, where we stand with the Lord. When Joshua laid down the baton of leadership, he made it clear what direction he wanted the nation to pursue. He made it clear what direction his family would pursue. Make clear by your life. Make it clear by your words. Make it clear by your actions that you serve the Lord. So we have four famous fathers, men who love their families, who serve the Lord. Noah lived different from the people around him. Abraham instructed his children in the ways of the Lord. Job prayed for his family. And Joshua chose the Lord to be the Lord of his house. These men were famous on the earth. They are still famous today. They left a footprint for us to follow. And they did simple things that we can all do. My encouragement to you today, start with choosing the Lord. Then live for God and let everyone know that you serve God. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for every father that is here and everyone that is represented here. I know that many have lost their dads and, and they're in heaven today. So we just pray that you would give comfort, peace, and even joy in this day. But Lord, we look to the future. We look to the next generation. And God, we need to have men standing up, being strong in the Lord. Not, not letting Christianity be a Sunday-only event, but one that is every day of their life. God, bless these men, bless these families, bless this church, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. exactly who it was, but you were the only one on my mind when they told me about this decision. God bless you. That's, that's wonderful. Good to have y'all up here today. Um, is there a card that we fill out? Okay. She's going to... Can we already fill one of those out when we join the church? 
Oh, okay, for her. Oh, okay. Okay. They're they're already on the roll. She's just coming for a profession of faith in Christ and to be baptized. And she, you're gonna be baptized this afternoon, right? Uh, Eleven before the eleven o'clock. Yes. I I just give me the names. I, I won't remember them. Layland. What, last name? Huh? Harville. Okay, Leyland Harville. They told me earlier, but so many things went on today. Leyland Harville, professional faith, about two years ago at home, right? So, okay. Yeah, Leyland Let me uh, introduce Leyland to you. Everybody probably already knows her. This is Leyland Harville. She made a profession of faith in the Lord. Mom and Dad, come on up. Go ahead. That's all right. Um, at, at home, during COVID, the family uh, led her to the Lord. She made her profession of faith in Christ. And now she's coming before the church today to make that public and to uh, follow the Lord in believer's baptism. So church, if you're happy about that decision, would you say Amen. See, everybody's happy about that. She's going to be baptized before the 11 o'clock service. So if y'all want to stick around and see the baptism, I invite you to do that. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you in just a little while upstairs, okay? And uh, the family's going to stay here and let us extend a hand of fellowship to y'all. If that, that, is that what we do? Okay, I'm still new at this, you know. All right, so we'll, we'll do that. And I'll call on the deacon to pray. What a beautiful thing. Amen. <laughs> Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you for the one that's come down and accept you as Lord and Savior, Father. There's many more that can come who we're praying for. We just ask you to guide us and to direct us and forgive us for offense. And if there's a Sunday school class that you haven't been to, you need to find one to learn more about him. Help us to serve. We've got children vacation Bible school and everything. There's lots to do, lots to do for serving the Lord Jesus Christ. We just give you thanks, Father. You know where we're at. We'll be praying for our new pastor. We'll be praying for Bill. It's a great message today on this Father's Day. Guide us and direct us and prepare us for our way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.